0: I mean, what's the football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got. Brainy. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. Hey, as a matter of fact, moving forward yeah. from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Ready to get into it? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going team by team. I will be very careful handling stuff. Am I going to get sued? Got legal on this? I yeah, like football, like football season, all the things that go with it.
1: Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Going to wrap up our team needs uh, series that we've started. Yesterday, Trevor Sycamore was on to help us cover the AFC. Today is the triumphant return of young Michael Renner to do the NFC. How's it going, Mike?
0: Going great. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by the entire gym. Uh, With the entire gym, you can work out uh, all you want, anywhere you want. Uh, sponsored by Lamar Jackson and his buddy Ken.
1: Just as long as you don't negotiate with Ken, take all your inquiries yeah. to Lamar Jackson. That's the way that works. Um, so uh, you you, uh, you got a heart out at uh, eleven thirty, Mike. So we're going to get right into this. We're going to fire through our speciality on this podcast. Going to be sticking to time, sticking to a script. Uh, but first, the PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by our friends at Western and Southern Financial Group, powering this great studio that we're in right now. While you focus on your roster moves. Western Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow, Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com forward slash PFF. So, like yesterday, you'll find Trevor Sikkim has an article on uh, team needs for all 32 teams up on pff.com. You'll also find team needs if you go in and start doing some mock drafts using the mock draft simulator, pff.com forward slash mock. So let's dive straight in. Mike, NFC East, we'll do this by division alphabetically. Let's kick it off with Dallas. What does Dallas did, still need?
0: They need a number of things. I think running back is the one I keep coming back to that, like with the way that offense operates. Uh, and with like McCarthy's comments this offseason, that they're really going to want. Um, so I do think running back. Now, obviously, us here at PFF, I don't think we would say running back is the biggest need for anyone in the NFL. You know, like it's never really that big a need. But I do think it's one that they're likely to address in a big way in the draft, either first or second round.
1: I don't know. I'm coming around on the whole running back thing. I find myself this offseason in particular leaning more into the concept of running backs, particularly. Just the idea of Bijan Robinson, like that's a dream pick for them at this point, isn't it?
0: I do think it is. I think for what they want to do, he is perfect. And I do think if he's on the board, he will be the pick. Now, more bang for the buck sort of picks. The thing is, like, they have kind of nailed down a lot of the valuable positions across uh, this roster, whether it's tackle, whether it's wide receiver to a degree after the Brandon Cooks trade, whether it's edge or whether it's cornerback after signing Stefan Gilmore. So, like, any of their biggest needs are going to be what we consider not necessarily valuable positions.
1: Yeah, and then the other spot I think they could still use some reinforcements is the interior of that defensive line, which they've been working on yes. for a long time. Uh, Adigizua looks like he'll be a player for them, but he's basically the only one. So that's definitely a spot that still needs resources thrown at it.
0: Yeah, three third-round picks in the last three years along that defensive on that defensive interior. I, I wouldn't surprise me if they do the same thing again this year. You know, just keep spending those mid-round capitals on guys to develop. Because top of this draft class, I, I don't think there's anyone with their first-round pick that I would love that I think is going to fall to them. So yeah, I do think if there's anyone, maybe maybe Mazi Smith from Michigan, but that's really about it. I see.
1: But outside of that. Like, it is a pretty strong roster. I mean, this is a team a that, roster. you know, is is supposed to contend. And when you look top to bottom, those are the two spots. Tight end, you could argue as well. But I think they, they like what they had in Jake Ferguson last year in, in uh, a reasonably limited role and a very limited pass-catching role. But I think they at least believe that he'll step into that gig as a starter and be in every down tight end
0: for them. Yeah, I agree. I, he looks Really good after the catch, which is something obviously tight end position. You know, a lot of the routes, a lot of the production that you get comes in that regard. And then I love what they did in free agency, or just like this this early process with the trade for Brandon Cooks and signing Stephon Gilmore. Like those are home run moves, in my opinion, for this team.
1: No, absolutely. I I like those moves a lot, and I think they're probably um, short term impact moves that obviously are supposed to propel this team into being contenders. New York Giants, next team in that division, Uh, starting from a much lower ebb than the Dallas Cowboys roster-wise, despite making the playoffs last year, what do they need?
0: Yeah, they need a lot, right? (laughs) I do think even after this kind of spree they've gone on, getting wide receivers, they still need more. Like They still need a guy on the outside, so... I think Jordan Addison is kind of the dream pick for them in the first round. I know he's slipping after his pre-draft process, showing up light, maybe not running as fast as you thought, maybe not testing elite. but he's one of the few in this class. That's like an actual outside type of wide receiver that they really just don't, they don't have, you know, the slot jokes are being made all over Twitter because they're all slot receivers in this <laughs> giants receiving room.
1: I, I feel like Addison is a guy that's going to end up being really good value. If the league lets him slip, like, Um, I forget who it was it might have been Marcus Mosher was um, tweeting that like it's important to note that he didn't test elite but he didn't test badly either like he tested average which admittedly you're not looking for average you're looking for something special but neither is it a reason to sort of say this guy can't be good at the next level like the tape is what it is we've seen that he can be a really good playmaker and the testing numbers while they may have been disappointing were not things that would make you go okay let's let's forget all of that
0: yeah and for wide receiver for as much as speed and the combine like that's the position everyone looks at it's called a skill position for a reason it's still predominantly skill-based and there are n- numerous receivers that are worse athletes than him going to cons- the pro bowl consistently it, it is not you know traits health for sure right but it is not a position where high-end athleticism is a prerequisite.
1: And I think we're getting more and more um, into this world where lighter weight wide receivers can survive and thrive at the NFL level. Not, wow. <laughs> Riggs has got takes. Yeah. What's his That's takes on the wide receivers? he come down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we're getting to this world now where you don't need to be, you know, 215 pounds to, to be this – guy that lives on the outside and does a good job there, you can be a smaller, lighter wide receiver and still get it done.
0: Yeah, because a lot of teams are going away from press, right? Like it used to be 15 years ago, everyone was running press coverage. Now, off and the two high shells are becoming kind of the norm, really kind of putting a premium then on the guys who are uh, separators.
1: And then this team obviously still needs help most levels of the defense. It still needs help on the offensive line. Like there's still, there's still quite a lot of weaknesses on this roster despite this team making the playoffs last year.
0: That's the thing. It's like we pigeonhole them into wide receivers, it's like that might be their biggest one, but it's not the only one. Uh, there is a lot wrong with this roster. I think the interior of the, this offensive line could use an infusion of talent as well. I know they obviously addressed in some draft capital last year, but I still think it could use more and core could probably use more. Secondary's been a little depleted over the course of the offseason. There's there's a lot of avenues. I wouldn't put myself into one position if I'm a giant.
1: Yeah, I feel like on the one hand, that's bad, right? Because by definition, you've got a lot of problems on the roster. But in a way, it's, it's nice because you don't have to go chasing needs. You can just pick pretty much best player available. And the chances are he's upgrading something on this roster. So... You know, you might target a wide receiver if somebody like Addison is there, but you can go in a lot of different ways and still have this work out as a very good draft pick. Um, Philadelphia, next up. The Eagles, best roster in the NFL last year, arguably. Where are they
0: now? Most complete roster in the NFL last year. And where they've lost, I think, obviously, with Chauncey Garner-Johnson going to Detroit, a safety position. And now... Will Howie Roseman address safety early on? Doubtful. You know, he addresses, again, the valuable positions we talk about, whether it's D-line, whether it's tackle, quarterback, wide receiver, you name it, like the ones that get paid, that's the ones he's usually drafting highly. So they're in a unique spot, though, with a 10th pick and also a 30th overall pick, right? So two first-round picks. It wouldn't surprise me if one of those or that second one is in a safety if Brian Branch is on the board. The Alabama safety, who's the safety one by pretty much all accounts. Uh, pretty much everyone who's looked at this safety class has said, Brian Branch is the dude you want in it. So I do think that if he's on the board there, he will be the pick. It would surprise me if he's not.
1: What do you think they're going to do
0: with their first pick? First pick is, is probably D-line, O-line, right? Like That's just their bread and butter. That's what they do. I know they just paid Lane Johnson a lot of money, so maybe they're not looking offensive tackle, but they don't draft for immediate need at those positions. So uh, I do think D-line a little bit more likely. I think they'd love a guy like Lucas Van Ness from Iowa. It just fits their prototypes of pocket pushers. They've consistently wanted high-end explosive guys who can move the pocket. That was Flesch Cox. That was Brandon Graham. Um, so I think that would be a guy that I'd highlight for them.
1: Yeah, it's not necessarily flashy, but it's future-proofing. You know the important positions. They always do that. They still need to keep doing that. Like you can, you never reach a point where that is done, where you've fixed it. Like you're, it's now future proof. You don't need to think about it for a while. Particularly when you run the kind of defensive front that Philadelphia does, and you roll six or seven guys deep on the defensive line because you know Brandon Graham was a really important part of that defense last year. And okay, he's coming back for another year, but you now need Brandon Graham's successor, even if you have you know, uh, starters or, or guys that, that run four deep, you still need to keep trucking away at that. So it might not be exciting, but the Eagles could draft effectively like a backup defensive tackle with their
0: top 10 pick. And that would be a fine pick. And, and the unique thing about loading up on D-line and why it's why the, the Eagles do it and why it's a smart strategy for anyone to do it is that the backups play 400 snaps along the defensive line. You, you know, you're a backup, you're a fourth string corner you may not see the field until someone gets hurt. You're, you're uh, you know, you're OT three. You're not seeing the field on a roster until someone gets hurt. Right. With D line, you're seeing the field no matter what because of the rotation that you have to do there. So uh, I do think that even if you're a guy's technically a backup, he can still make an impact for you early on.
1: Far from a big need, but it wouldn't shock me to see them add a running back in the draft as well. You know, in the mid round somewhere, because as much as we're all losing our minds over the prospect of Rashad Penny, knocking off eight yards of carry behind that offensive line. That's going to happen for a game and a half, and then he's going to be on the shelf again. So, you know, at the Don't very minimum, that. creating that Don't kind of contingency, it. I think, would be smart. All right, Washington. What do Washington need?
0: At Washington, I, they have a number of needs, right? I, I think there's <laughs> the roster could use some help in it, and the quarterback position is the one where it's like they would really love to get one. But they're picking at pick 16. Are they going to get one in this class? I don't think so. I wouldn't, if the top four are gone, pull the trigger on any of those guys at pick 16. So at that point, I really like them addressing cornerback in this very deep cornerback class. And to me, the biggest one or the one that I would have my eye on is Deontay Banks from Maryland. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. I think he's a heck of an athlete. I think he's versatile. And I think he is very likely to be there at pick 16. Obviously, you'd want one of the top two, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon to fall. I think they're that good that you pull the trigger no matter what if they're there at 16, but I don't think either will be. So at that point, if I'm debating between Joey Porter Jr. and Deontay Banks, for them, for Ron Rivera's defense, I like Banks a little better.
1: I like that too. I will say that uh, you know Steve, with the model and all the other crap that he comes up with over the course of his real job, uh, sent me a list the other day of – what he terms one-year wonders at cornerbacks that were drafted in the first two rounds. So guys effectively with one year of elite play at the college level. It's a pretty ugly list. (laughs) There's Marshawn Lattimore with elite-level play at the NFL level. There's a couple of other guys that are either unknown or have been okay, and then the rest of that list is pretty catastrophic. That all of a sudden is now going to scare me about multiple players in this draft.
0: That witherspoon for you? That worrisome? I mean, he would be on that –
1: He would that would qualify him, right? Like Witherspoon – there's a couple of guys, I think, from this class that would probably fall into that category of the one-year wonder.
0: I do think there's an interesting conversation about one-year wonders who really only played one year versus one-year wonders who maybe played three years, developed, got better as their season went on, if there's a difference between those two. Because guys who only play – like limited football is always a red flag, in my opinion. It's always – uh, worrisome if a guy's only played like a season at the collegiate level.
1: Yeah, we'll have to get uh, we'll have to send Steve back to the uh, the Excel mm-hmm. spreadsheet and uh, subdivide the category so we can get a better idea. What else do you think Washington need?
0: Uh, gosh, this roster, it, defensive side of the ball, you could add another linebacker to that mix. Not a you know massively pressing need. In my opinion, you you could add a tight end. You could add into your offensive line as well. I think all those qualify as places where I'd address, and and tight end especially in this deep tight end class, it might be one where I I pull the trigger because you kind of got a lot of like meh projects in the mix there. I would love to get like a guy uh, in the mix as well and really just foolproof your weapons on the outside for whoever's playing quarterback.
1: Yeah, it kind of feels like their overall – solid in most places but almost all of those spots could use some kind of upgrade if they stumble into them like corner is the big need and then there's other areas where you could absolutely strengthen um all right let's shift to the nfc north chicago bears big spenders in free agency they've started to deploy the resources that they amassed last season what do they still have as needs
0: defensive line is just glaringly bad right now. it's the worst defensive line in the nfl by a wide margin they don't have a single guy who would even make the rotation for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're talking about the Eagles drafting a defensive line. So that's where I'm looking if I'm the Chicago Bears, pick nine. I know a lot of people have penciled them into offensive tackle, but they at least have options there. Yeah, I don't really think they have options along the defensive line. Like so, whether it's edge, whether it's DT, draft one, draft two, as many as you really can. Can't draft too many because you, you've got a lot of holes there. So that, that's where I'm looking if I'm them.
1: No, agreed. I mean, I've been critical about their offseason because they haven't targeted the defensive line or, you know, at least didn't successfully target the defensive line. Maybe they were in on Javon Hargrave and that just didn't materialize and then they went somewhere else. But not coming out of this free agency with the spending money that you had, with the, you know, capacity to add those kind of players and only adding, you know, little bits and pieces, Andrew Billings, Demarcus Walker, guys like that. I mean, fine, but that's not. That's not what you needed. Like, as you said, the worst defensive line in the NFL by a wide margin. The worst pressure rate in the league last year. They were bad against the run. This team needs a lot on the defensive line. And that's, it's, you know, you've got a challenge trying to fix all that in one draft.
0: Yeah. The the dream scenario then is Jalen Carter falling to nine. And Ryan Pohl's saying, right. yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, I'll draft him, sure. <laughs> Taking them." So that, that's your dream scenario. More likely scenario maybe someone like Tyree Wilson falling to pick nine. But if neither of those guys fall, um, just like the value of D-line, which is why I think a lot of people have them going O-line, the value of D-line there, then becomes kind of a little bit reachy. So I, I, I am very curious to see how they end up approaching the draft. Wouldn't even surprise me if they trade back from nine again right. in that case, if those guys are all off the board.
1: I don't know that the Carter thing is beyond the realms of possibility. I mean, the legal thing is its own uh... – entity but then the performance at the pro day showing up looking like crap like not even being able to make it through the drill that kind of stuff like, you could you could see there being enough teams and it only takes a few of them like if we think the four quarterbacks go in the top 10 and Will Anderson like all of a sudden you're only going to get through f- four or five picks before Anderson is or before Jalen Carter is slipping to that bottom of the, the top 10 range
0: yeah I mean if he keeps gaining weight it's going to happen
1: <laughs> All right, Detroit Lions, a team definitely on the rise that have fixed an awful lot of their weaknesses. What do you think they still have uh, in
0: need of? I think they still desperately need defensive tackle. Like, that one seems obvious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, uh, you know, Ali McNeil in the middle there, but Levi on has shown nothing as a draft pick so far. So I'm looking DT for them. That's why, like the Jalen Carter falling to nine, might be a little bit of a pipe dream because, well, he has to get past Dan Campbell and company first, and I, I I'd be hard pressed to see them passing on Jalen Carter if he's there.
1: There seem to be a lot of teams that still need that like interior penetrating pass rushing defensive tackle. Like, there's a few teams that have stocked up and added like a big body and try and shore up the run or just take up some space, but there's teams that need that real impact pass rusher still.
0: 100%. And I think they have the makings of a very good pass rush. Like, if they don't draft a defensive tackle, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. You, you have options. Your third down package, I think, is still going to be good with what they draft last year. James Houston, Aiden Hutchinson, like I mentioned, Aileen McNeil, like they have guys who can get after it. But really, it kind of just that cherry on top because this is a complete roster at this point. You know, it's funny that we're talking about the Lions as a team with very few needs, but they've done a great job in free agency. They've done a great job drafting in recent years to where... If you're trying to, you know, use this draft to plug holes, there's not really holes to plug outside of, like, say, linebacker, which, you know, they have a lot of draft capital. I don't, I think they leave probably with four of those top, what is it, 60 picks with a linebacker from one of them. But, I don't think it's going to be one of their first round picks.
1: Yeah, they've done they've done the job we always talk about. Use free agency and and everything to plug holes in the roster and not have to reach on certain positions. So, um, you know, they added all these guys in free agency to the secondary: Cameron Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. All of a sudden, you don't need to go chasing a corner or safety uh, with your top pick. You can pick one if if you think it's value, but you don't need to go and shoehorn hey, can we really justify, you know, Devin Witherspoon with with that top draft pick? Like, they can actually play value. The other sneaky position, I wouldn't hate them adding a wide receiver still. Like, I know they're getting Jamison Williams back, and I'm very high on what he can be in this offense, and Amon and brown has been fantastic, but three options rather than two would just potentially take this thing over the top.
0: Yeah, and they're in a position with that 18th pick, and the way kind of, you know, Brad Holmes as GM, he's aggressive. They have a lot of that draft capital, like I said, picks 48, 55, 81. Would not surprise me if they're on the board, we're getting to picks, you know, 10, 11, wide receiver hasn't come off the board, similar to what we saw last year. Now that was a much bigger jump up, but using pick 18 and then say a pick 81, getting up there and getting whoever wide receiver one is on their board to really round out and complete this wide receiver core, because why not? You know why not give Jared Goff every single opportunity to succeed there? So uh, that would be an interesting move to me that I would love to see, and, and truthfully could have. Right.
1: Let's move to Green Bay. Um, yesterday we worked on the basis that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets will happen at some point. Let's uh, let's continue that being the the stipulation for this. Not that it really changes anything for Green Bay. It's not like they they need a quarterback either way because Jordan Love is going to be the guy. Um, but where do where do Green Bay have the holes?
0: i think they need another edge rusher in the fold here i think they need another wide receiver in the fold here and then they thousand percent need a safety like that's those are the three positions where you really likely see them addressing with you know they have they have three you know first second third right now they may get some more once that aaron Rodgers trade comes through i would bet with those you know by by the end of day two all three of those positions Get addressed. The one guy I keep going back to for them because they just need they need reliability at pass catcher. So whether it's a tight end, whether it's a wide receiver, they need either a Dalton Kincaid or Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's yeah. going to run the right routes, who's going to catch balls when they're open. You know, like they need that because Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson are just not the most reliable at the moment, and you saw that last year really hampered their offense. So get me a guy I can trust down down who when he's open. Third down, I'm going to, he's catching the pass. That to me is either of those two guys. So with pick fifteen, if you're the Packers fan, if you're the Packers shareholder, if you're an owner like myself, that's who you want.
1: I, I've been I love that fit of Dalton Kincaid to them at fifteen. Like I think that's one of my favorite player position, team and draft slot fits like in the entire first round. That just makes so much sense. He has that elite pass catching ability. You know, I think you're right. Like they need an elite pass catcher or, or a high impact pass catcher, which doesn't necessarily need to be a wide receiver or a tight end. They just need one of them in that. You know, yes. coming into that, uh, out of that first round. And Kincaid, to me, just makes so much sense for them to add.
0: I would, I would be actually happy one for once after a Packers first round.
1: Plus, it would come with the added comedy of you know attacking first round. Top fifteen pick, yes. Uh, pass catcher, the second. Aaron Rodgers is out the door, so anytime you can add a layer of comedy to the process, I'm always on board a little bit more. Um, Minnesota Vikings, what do they need now?
0: I think the Minnesota Vikings in that secondary are where I'm looking, but also wide receiver position. I think wide receiver position is the one that I'm a little more intrigued by early on because you can find secondary help corners. Later on in the draft, second, third round is is a sweet spot for that position as well. But I do think they could be in the mix for wide receiver two, wide receiver three in this draft class. And with how easily defenses found out towards the end of last season that they just could do whatever you know whatever they wanted to to stop Justin Jefferson, putting press them, safety over the top, brackets every single play, and Kirk Cousins was still trying to go there, you know, like and, and it right. still didn't. And it would just bring that Vikings offense to its knees. When that got figured out, they they were kind of stumbling down the stretch. And you saw it into the playoffs. So I do think wide receiver is the one where I want a second option across from Justin Jefferson with that first-round pick.
1: Yeah, I, that's another one where I would love Jordan Addison to land there with the Vikings. I think that would make a ton of sense for them. Um, but, man that cornerback room is rough looking right now. Like second wide receiver option would be nice, would be great. It's important for them to have, but like they, they need a, they need a corner, any corner.
0: They do. And it wouldn't surprise me if they parlay pick 23 into a couple more picks. Yeah. And then you just see them attack corner heavily on day two.
1: Yeah. I mean this, they, they've, shown the propensity to trade down a little bit. If they, I mean, we gave them, I think, a trade in in the last mock that we did from 20 down to like 29 or whatever, and all of a sudden you you picked up an extra draft pick, that makes a ton of sense. I would would almost expect them to try and trade down with that first round pick, almost regardless of who's on the board. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, like Andrew Booth, you know, I liked coming out, but barely played last season, has injury concerns. They lost pretty much anybody that was playing snaps for them last season, a corner, whether it's Patrick Peterson, Duke Shelley, um, Cameron Dantzler. They got rid of like this. They almost literally have no corners that have seen any kind of snaps whatsoever. So I think that's by far and away their biggest need. But the defense across the board kind of um, needs some help. Byron Murphy, they they signed obviously in free agency, but to me he's – he should be a slot guy only for them. If he's playing outside, I think that's problematic.
0: Yeah, they they are. And they're moving to a vastly different scheme, right? I think you have Byron Murphy's your slot man corner. Right. Outside, I think Andrew Booth Jr. is a much better man corner. It's going to be a much better scheme for him. So you got one position until. If you are staying at pick 23, the dream, then it's probably Joey Porter Jr., he offers a little something different in his press man ability than what they got on that roster right now. I think that's your dream scenario. If he's not on the board though, trade back Emmanuel Forbes is probably who I'm looking at as like a press type of corner. Now he's super skinny, but it's very long, very fast. So those are the guys I'm looking at. If they do really take, make a big trade down and none of those guys are on the board and they're like middle of the second round. I think Tyreek Stevenson from Miami is probably one of the man corners who goes in that range.
1: Okay. Um, NFC South Atlanta, uh, what do the Falcons need? Let's assume they still need a quarterback, right? They can't really be buying into Desmond Ritter based off what we've seen so far?
0: Yeah, they do. I don't think they're going to be desperate for it. Though. I think that offense wants to run. They, they want to do that. I think they're going to draft another running back in this year's class. Now, is it going to be Bijan with the eighth overall pick? I don't think so because it's so deep. I hope not but it wouldn't surprise me with them, with Arthur Smith. But I do think they're going to add someone, and I would love to get them some dynamism. They can get Jameer Gibbs somehow. That would be an awesome fit, in my opinion. But defensive line, then, if not. Defensive line, defensive line, defensive line. With that eighth overall pick, I think you'd be overthinking it really to go anywhere else, uh, unless you really wanted to go desperate offensive line to really get that, make that kind of an elite unit across the NFL. Yeah, But defensive line is where I'm looking. And Tyree Wilson's probably your dream scenario there.
1: you know who uh, Jameer Gibbs reminded me of, which has a Falcons connection? Now, he's a better receiver than this guy. But I was getting Jarius Norwood flashbacks when I was seeing some oh, Jameer yeah. Gibbs. Oh, um, Norwood okay. was really good. Like, I think – I don't know if he was just a, a running back, you know, outside. Like, he'd be a better guy in today's NFL, one of those players. But that dude was dynamic. He had some playmaking ability. Um, so it's not – you know, it's not a criticism that Gibbs reminds me of Norwood. Like, I just think that's, a, that's an interesting um, connection given the Atlanta uh, throwback.
0: Yeah, I think something like Tyree Wilson at eight, then Jameer Gibbs at 44 would be really exciting if I'm a Falcons fan. Like, yeah. that's, that, that's something that would really kind of kickstart exactly what they want to do.
1: Yeah, they, they could really use an edge rusher. I mean, Arnold Ebichetti, another guy that a lot of people liked coming out, didn't show a ton in year one but had very little help around him. They added David Anyamada in free agency. Grady Jarrett has been the, the sort of ever-present there. They just need somebody that can come in and make a real impact on the edge. Um, the kind of impact that Caden Ellis has will be interesting given his sort of hybrid – Ability to do a little bit of everything um as linebacker edge type, but they need that guy that can come and get fifty pressures, sixty pressures over a season. And they don't look like they have one of those yet.
0: Yeah, and, and they need a good run defender too. Like Abcage is not he's a pass rusher first, run defender second. This is a weak run defense. Like even like Lorenzo Carter is not like a high end run defender, whereas Tyree Wilson can be that.
1: Yeah, like the, the offense overall I think is in really good shape. It's actually a really fun offense to watch. Uh, I think you're right that a guy like Gibbs would make you know, would make it really exciting, just be a sort of nice luxury pick to add, but like their their draft I think has to be not exclusively defense, but very defense centric. Like that they still need to address that area and that's where they've been attacking most of their moves so far in free agency. I think it's the right it's the right area to be to be hitting on. Is this is Atlanta a team that you think could come back for a quarterback later in the draft? You know, not that there's, not that it gets particularly attractive with quarterback later in this draft. But assuming they're not going to go chasing one of those top guys, they don't get somebody fall into their lap. Are they done, or are they still going to go? Eh, maybe we could grab a guy.
0: Oh, man, I, I think they're done. I don't think they're going to. If I give it's not pick A, they are going to say you know Ritter's our guy. Right. And so and I wouldn't blame them because Ritter to me is about on par with the caliber of prospects you're getting, whether it's pick 44, pick 75. Now, maybe if you're going into like the fourth round where they have, they have a couple fourth rounders and you want to draft like a Dorian Thompson Robinson to be that athlete, at quarterback that, you know, to develop alongside Desmond Ritter, be my guest. But I don't think any of those first three picks I'd draft a quarterback with. I asked you. you know, Richardson falls right. to them at eight. Richardson in this
1: offense would be like an absolute dream scenario. I think that would be incredible. Um, I asked yesterday who was, who's like the, the best sleeper quarterback. Who's your favorite sleeper quarterback in this draft? The number of people like almost universal reply was
0: DTR. Like that, that's everybody's favorite sleeper. Apparently <laughs> he's good. I mean, he, he's a good developmental prospect I'm intrigued by him reworking his throwing motion because he's got a real he's got like a baseball motion. At least on tape he did. And apparently worked with Jordan Palmer and reworked it. So I'm intrigued by that because I think a lot of his problems stemmed from that. Now obviously some decision making problems and the way he played the game too. But like there is a lot to work with as the athlete. Uh
1: Carolina. So obviously quarterback is their biggest need. Yeah. Um, Are we settled at this point that they're going to be drafting C.J. Stroud? Like, that's what it looks like.
0: It would be real messed up if they didn't, if you saw that Josh (laughs) McCown clip, you know? Where he's like, hey, when you have a house in, what was it, he said to have a house in Charlotte or something, we'll go play. Yeah, It's like, if you tell that to a guy, you better fucking be drafting him, right? Like, (laughs) you can't turn down his invite to go shoot hoops right now by telling him, no, you'll be in Charlotte, we'll do it then. Yeah. It's either, like, McCown, like, I I do think it's, that's it. And I do think the fact that they were shopping number one to begin with was kind of, you know, the reports that that was the case after they traded up meant that they weren't going to draft Bryce Young because everyone knows the Texans want Bryce Young. That's been kind of the tea leaves has always been along, Texans and Bryce Young. So it would be a big surprise if they go anywhere else.
1: So your read of this sort of whole dynamic of, they trade up. They're then shopping the pick in an attempt to get Houston to trade one spot up so that they can still get Stroud, get something back for flipping two to one, or they were interested in trading back, but only a certain degree to still be able to get Stroud. Like it was just designed to yes to, to manufacture a deal for Houston for for number two.
0: I believe so. I think that's it. Was really just pressuring Houston to give up anything right. because they knew that Houston was going to get young They once around.
1: I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it does. It would be a pretty major shock at this point after that, like, display at his pro day if they drafted somebody else with that pick. Um, I'd also mm-hmm. – you'd have some serious questions about why, how, how clued into the process is Josh McCown at that point, you know? Um, yeah because he's the guy that everyone's saying is sort of driving this given those you know underdog videos and stuff and then turns out Mm -hmm. he didn't have any idea who they were drafting anyway outside of quarterback what do they need
0: they need someone for that quarterback to throw to right they have the worst wide receiver core in the nfl right now If not the worst it's very close um adam Thielen is a shell of himself that deal made i mean maybe he can help along a young quarterback or whatever and that's why you signed it but like he's not a weapon anymore let's just keep it real um so wide receiver for sure is what they need the biggest in my opinion then after that
1: yeah like to me that wide receiver group though it's like Steve compared it to the Colts a few years ago where you could like talk yourself into a scenario where like all four of these guys become better than they have been so far or they were or whatever um and it's very yeah. unlikely But my point with that is I think it starts to look a hell of a lot better if you somehow find a number one, right? Like and and the obvious one to me is New Hopkins. Like if you put New Hopkins on this roster and said, There's your number one, now Adam Thielen is, you know, two to three, Terrace Marshall is two to three, LaVisca Chenault is your gadget player, Hayden Hurst is, you know, your athlete tight end, plus the, the backfield they have, that starts to look a lot more appealing.
0: I agree. And obviously, a lot of wide receiving cores look better when you add new Hopkins sure. to the mix. But yeah, I, I think they need that desperately. Pick 39 in this receiver class is probably too far to feel like you're going to get a guy like that, though. You know, it's just not a good enough class to where you could see a Michael Pittman or T. Higgins being available in that space or, you know, Debo, A.J. Brown, guys that have come up the board around that mix. I just don't think it's going to happen. I just don't think this is the receiver class to do that. So, when it comes to pick 39, it wouldn't surprise me if they're, you know, we're saying that's their biggest need. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they look elsewhere or even just to maybe even solidify this offensive line more a little bit to really make sure that CJ Stroud's, you know, not running for his life every play.
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, they're not going to do better with either of those, their second or their third pick. So, 39 or 93, I don't know what it's going to take to get done. But given the contract, it wouldn't surprise me if it was 93, you can't spend that pick in a better way than getting new Copkins with it. Like, even with the contract, even with the short-term nature of that deal, I I honestly, at this point, don't even know why it hasn't happened yet. It makes so much sense. But, yeah, if you're not getting wide receiver with the draft, if you're not manufacturing some kind of trade, um, I agree. Offensive line is still a need. Like, Brady Christensen, left guard, hasn't been good. They... The offensive line's moved in the right direction a lot. They've done a a good job overhauling it, but they're still not a complete unit yet.
0: Yeah, I think if if kind of, if there's no receivers available and there's been a run on O-line, which is very possible with how many teams need it in the first round, a position I'd like them to address is edge because I think the edge right around the top of the second is where there's a big sweet spot. There's a lot of talented guys that'll still be on the board someone like Tuli two weeks from USC would make a lot of sense. It's more of a power end across from Brian Burns. Yeah.
1: New Orleans saints. What do they need? Saints have a
0: few needs that could be addressed. I think it's a good roster though. Still like it, it's they've they've they're still cobbling it together. Right. They're still holding on for dear life for this, you know, NFC divisional round roster that it's continuously been. When it was when it had Drew Brees. So they're close. Like they're, they're not elite by any means, but they're close. The one position I would love to see them add talent to is probably defensive tackle. Now I know they did it in pre agency with Nathan Shepard and Kalen Saunders, but like those guys weren't even quality stars at their old spots. You know, like they, they need a guy there. Yeah. So if I'm looking at the back end of the first round, I'm either hoping Brian Brzee from Clemson Falls to me or maybe going out and getting a Mozzie Smith from Michigan
1: yeah to me it's both it's the interior of both trenches like both sides of the line you need defensive tackles you need offensive guards you need to, in, to increase the ability of both those spots caesar ruiz maybe started to turn it around last year and, and might actually be the guy going forward but like they rotated through four guys on the interior trio last year and almost consistently all four of them were bad so that like if now you're putting Derek carr behind that you know a guy that we know has a ceiling of where he can play. Like, okay, in the NFC, that's a smaller problem than it would be in the AFC, but still you can't have like a weak interior offensive line as the starting point for protecting Derek Carr and expect the whole thing to go swimmingly.
0: Yeah, I uh, I do think though just compared to the rest of the NFC, they're a top 5 team, right? On paper. On paper.
1: Yeah, like it's it's not a bad roster, and that's why like the Derek Carr thing made sense because he's again in the nfc Derek carr can step onto this team and they're immediately you know at the minimum in contention to win that division and then once you get to the 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 nfc playoffs like who the hell knows what could happen all you need effectively you need to time your best game of the season for like the one time you're going to run up against one of the true contenders either in the divisional round or the you know the conference championship like the giants didn't right they they ran up against Philadelphia. You saw what obviously was the gulf in class between a true contender and a team like the Giants. But like, if they could time their greatest game of the season for that game, that puts you all of a sudden, you know, in a championship game or in a Super Bowl. That's all the Saints are looking to do. Um, yeah. Tampa Bay, life post Brady. What do they need?
0: Ooh, I mean, they need quarterback, right? <laughs> You're rolling in with Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask. Big, big hole, but I don't think this is the year they address it. They just see what that looks like with this roster first, I I think, and then you're on a reassess year if the wheels really fall off uh, and you're looking at next year's quarterback class. But that being said, tackle is the one where where they sit in the first round, pick 19, where kind of this class probably is going to fall, which I think is going to be a tackle run from about picks, you know, maybe like seven to two right where Tampa Bay is. I think four or so will come off the board in that span. So I think offensive tackle, they're probably going to get the fourth OT, but I think it's a tackle class that's good enough that if you're at pick 19, you draft the fourth OT in this class.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, I think you're right about the quarterback thing as well. This feels like the winning the Super Bowl has sort of bought them that thing that never exists in the nfl like just a little bit of job security to be able to go through a crappy year almost voluntarily and say let's just see how it works right we don't necessarily need to push for anything crazy if the whole thing spirals out of control and goes bad great we're actually in position for a quarterback at the top of next year and if it doesn't like you know maybe we can go in a different direction and sort of adjust and and pivot in the off season and and keep this thing together because it's still a good roster. Like, this is this classic uh, dilemma of life post-Hall of Fame quarterback is you probably went all in, built this guy a roster capable of winning, whether it's New Orleans, Tampa Bay, um, and then once that guy's no longer there, you still have most of that roster in place. You just don't have the quarterback
0: anymore. Yeah. And the Rams, too. Rams are in the same scenario where it's like, hey, this was a great team. We have... We're not moving on from Sean McVay. Even though we sucked last year, we're not moving on from West need. I think you could see that with Tampa Bay uh, even this coming year if they stink. I don't think you're going to see a regime change anytime soon. Um, I think they'd be
1: definitely smart to attack linebacker as well. Levante David out there in free agency. Devin White, you know, it's pretty well documented that PFF does not like uh, Devin White in terms of his performance on the field. I don't know that the Bucks love him either as much as, you know, you're not going to hear negativity or anything coming out of the building about him, but, like, I don't know that they're looking at that guy as the successor to Levante David as the heart and soul of that defense and, you know, the guy that's going to get all the contracts going forward and keep him around, like, they need some linebackers.
0: Yeah. They definitely do, but it's not like a pressing need, and especially in this linebacker class. I don't even think you need track draft. This linebacker class stinks. Sticks. <laughs> All right,
1: heading over to the West, Arizona Cardinals.
0: Everywhere, right? This is one of the worst rosters in the NFL, I think, and especially after you trade away the Hopkins, which looks like a foregone conclusion. You can go anywhere. Obviously, pick three is either going to be a trade or I believe Will Anderson at this point. Um, Then that leaves interior defensive line is probably the biggest need where you really just have no one. Right? Um, I I think you're praying – you know, I've seen mocks with Brian Brzee, the Clemson defensive tackle, falling out of the first round. You're praying that happens if you're the Arizona Cardinals. And you pounce right on him at pick 34. Um, but I don't think it's you're not forcing your hand anywhere if you're the Arizona Cardinals. This is a true rebuilding draft where you're just adding talent. Doesn't really matter where it is. Probably not a quarterback. That one I'm gonna ignore with Kyler Murray, even after even with his ACL. And you're just you're going to honestly reassess that next year because there's a good chance you have a number one or number two or number three or number four overall pick again next year.
1: Yeah, it's and at
0: that point the quarterback class could be you know could be hey let's move on from Kyle Murray type quarterback class. It's wild how
1: fast this roster fell apart. Like they were they were a good looking playoff team like a year ago. You know what I mean? All of a sudden yeah. everything is collapsed. The everything is collapsed and there's very few players on the on the entire roster that you look at it and you say. Those are definitely cornerstones going forward. Um, especially once you remove, you know, DeAndre Hopkins from it, like the defense is bereft of talent. They need some of the young guys that they drafted last season. You know, Cameron Thomas, MyJai Sanders. If those guys take a step forward, that would help. But wow, this this thing unspooled in a hurry.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bad. I mean. It unspooled because it was a fake roster to begin with, right like it was not built the only draft pick that made a dam, made any bit of an impact on this roster was Kyler Mert. you right. know like that was your only chief guy, so it really was a house of cards waiting to fall once you had to pay Kyler
1: yeah um offensive line you know in addition to everything else is is a need i mean they, they need interior again I, I interior don't love the yeah.
0: idea of because Josh Jones is a is a dude yeah. Josh Jones is a dude now.
1: Yeah, but is he a dude at guard? Like, that's the problem. No,
0: put him at left tackle and tell DJ Humphreys to kick rocks.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's the problem. Is that like they, their best two offensive linemen play the same position, and at least one of them has shown shown an almost complete and total inability to play any other position, which is quite problematic. It
0: it is hilarious that it's like they're probably the only team in NFL history to have this problem. Everyone's desperate for a left tackle, the blind side, like the coveted position. And they have two guys who can only play left half. Yeah, and, and like, and they're no good anywhere else. And that are by far, and the rest of the offensive line is, cheek. cheeks. So uh, yeah, interesting, interesting dilemma there for Arizona.
1: It's insane. Like I honestly, they need to trade one of those guys because. Playing Josh Jones at guard is I don't think is gonna go well. I don't think the light switch went on for him like as all offensive line positions. I think it went on for him because they put him back where he should be playing in the first place. So yeah, that would stink if they end up stuck with this. They got two left tackles and one of them's just gonna to have to play left guard because that's the uh, only alternative.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. So kind. All right. Los Angeles Rams.
0: Rams, wow. This roster. Uh, it really didn't sink in until I was preparing for this podcast just how far it has fallen. And this is a this might be the worst roster in the NFL right now, and I don't think that's a hot take. It's so bad. It might be worse than the Cardinals. Um, so yeah, anywhere <laughs> you can go anywhere.
1: Are they are they fully rebuilding? I mean, the Jalen Ramsey thing sort of was coming from a, a reasonable distance away, but th- there's. There has been reports of a bunch of other players that were potentially available. None of those have yet happened. And I think any of those ones would have been a much more sort of definitive
0: sign of their like full rebuild here. I, I mean, who else could you even trade now is the thing. It's like, who, who wants Stafford after his elbow? There's no real QB market. Are you really going to trade a franchise legend in Aaron Donald? I don't think so. Similar with Cooper Cup. Like, Cooper Cup, you were thinking is going to be useful post- uh, you know, tr- post uh, rebuild life that you're still going to have them be a cornerstone of your defense. So I think that's kind of where they are right now. It's just holding onto those guys for dear life, hoping they make it two or three more years and are impactful because the rest of this roster is just, yeah, there's no, there's no one really I would even want to trade for given their contracts here.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, All right. So let's outline. What does a dream draft scenario for them look like? Because as is typically the case, no first-round pick. So you've got pick 36, pick 69, pick 77. Those are probably your only relevant draft picks here.
0: Yeah, pick 36. I've said that edge is kind of strong in that area or it starts to be kind of value. So I love if they get like a Felix Anudike Uzama, the Kansas State edge around there you know, attacking maybe like a bigger swing and a more valuable position on a guy who could become a player for you. Um, that's where I'm looking. If I'm the Rams, truthfully, um, it is something like that. Maybe if the OT class still hasn't been cooked to a pulp that you draft one of those with how bad no Joseph Nobu was last year. But um, yeah, I don't think there's really anywhere that's off limits. It's one of those drafts where it's just, I'm taking any talent I can. Right.
1: Um, what would you? What would your dream scenario be for those two later picks, 69 and 77? Like who would be a jackpot, this guy slides far oh. enough that they could
0: snag him? Ooh, That's always the area of the draft where I think I love offensive linemen coming off the board. I think if like Steve Avila is available at TCU guard at that point, I'm making the play. Now maybe, you know, it's also a point where you can find corners and especially in this corner class, I think they should get in on it. Somehow, so maybe like Eli Ricks from Alabama or Julius Brents from Kansas State at that point is a guy where I think would be both be kind of a restart at the cornerback position.
1: All right, there we go. See, we we crapped on the Rams because your roster stinks, but we gave you a dream scenario of guys that could potentially be available for your picks. I think that's only fair. Um, Other end of the scale, though, San Francisco 49ers, one of the better rosters out there, a true NFC contender, what do they need
0: now? They need tackle, right? After after Mike McGlinchey left, you are hoping they can get an offensive tackle. But you don't draft until pick 99. Right. Now, unless you can package up 99, 101, 102, because they got all those comp picks, package them up because you can package them up now when you used to not be able to, mm-hmm. flip it up to the maybe middle of the second round, which I don't see happening, but maybe someone like the Ravens or someone is always interested in deals like that. Unless you can do that, you're out of the tackle class. You're not finding a starting tackle at pick 99. So at that point, I think you're looking at the slot class, the slot corner class, because obviously you lost Jimmy Ward. It's a big part of that defense. It's a valuable role. Um, and there's a lot of great slot corners in this draft class. So whether it's Clark Phillips from Utah that you're hoping falls there, maybe Travius Hodges Tomlinson from TCU, I'm looking to get one of these slot options uh, if I'm the San Francisco 49ers at that. At that uh, range of the draft,
1: yeah, there's a couple of guys still kicking around in free agency as well. That like you could start a tackle in a pinch, and particularly, this is one of the most tackle-friendly systems in the NFL. In addition to being quarterback-friendly and wide receiver-friendly and everything else friendly that it is, like the Shanahan system makes life easier for offensive linemen as well. So you know maybe uh, whether it's cap casualty guys or whether it's just guys that are kicking around on the street right now, free agency still. I just don't, you probably don't want to be going into the season week one with Colton McKivitz as your number one right tackle with zero other contingency uh, involved in that.
0: That's safe to say. Yes, I would not want
1: to. You, I think you would want to add an edge rusher as well, right? I know they brought in Cleveland Furl, um, Drake Jackson, a, a guy that I think can sure. be a very good player for them, but like one more body couldn't hurt, right? You lost Charles That's a That was a pretty significant player for you last year.
0: At that point in the draft, though, it's like edge is dead. Once you get, it's so rare to find one. And now I know they are kind of the 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 edge defensive line rehab spot in the NFL. That uh, they're I'm blanking on the name of their D line coach. It's wild, but like they they have a history of developing defensive line very well. And so maybe you want to throw a shot in the dark at like a traitsy guy at that point in the draft, but i think more realistically i'm going i'm like loading up on interior lineman right there because that that's where you can find those guys more likely than you are to find like an impact pass rusher
1: okay um seattle seahawks final team in the nfc what does seattle need
0: seattle needs edge still they they always did a good job they react right it's like they keep they keep drafting the wrong guys. Like every, every single year, you're like, Oh, they took one, but like, no one really loves this guy. <laughs> it's like, it, even like, I don't care who, who it was, whether it was Jarrell Taylor, whether it was, uh, who's the TCU one that they drafted MJ in the Conley. first round, where it's just like, oof, that felt high uh, every single time. So they, they have options on the interior now, obviously with the Draymond Jones signing, uh, Jaron Reed, like they're okay there, but I would love to see them add like a real deal. Pass rusher. With pick five, they're, they're probably, you know, Tyree Wilson's, I've said that name, like, to three different teams now. Right. But that's kind of, like, the starting spot of, like, where he can come off the board here. So uh, I, I do think that's something that they would love to add. And I think they'd also love to add another corner. And especially in this class, everyone and their mother is probably going to be mocking them, Julius Brents, the Kansas State corner, because he's six foot four, and that's just yep. Duke Carroll's thing. So pick 52 is probably going to be Julius Brents. And pick five is probably going to be Tyree Wilson.
1: There yeah. you
0: go. Your CLC Ox mock draft.
1: It, it wouldn't take that much for... The, that's good, though, by the way. Um, it wouldn't take that much for Will Anderson to be there at five. Like, all they need is one team mm-hmm. to be desperate enough to trade up to Arizona three. Cardinals presumably would love to trade out of three, given what they would get, given how bad that roster is that we talked about. And you just need the quarterbacks to go one, two, three, four. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. Which is... You know, it's possible. Like, it's not like we expect them to go one, two. So then, and probably four, one, two, and four. So effectively, all you need is one team, the Raiders, whoever it is, to be desperate enough to jump the Colts. Like, that's, that's all we're talking about needs to happen for all of a sudden Seattle to be sitting there with uh, Will Anderson on the board of five.
0: The one team that would be cool to trade up to three because they're not going to be there next year. Like they're in a unique spot is the Detroit Lions to where, you know, if Richardson really is still available, if Richardson is available for three, that I would think, I would think long and hard if I was Detroit because it's not going to take that much. You have the capital to make it a fairly easy move. You know, it's probably going to take, you know, six. You have two seconds, you have 48 and 55. You can still leave with, two first rounders, a second and a third rounder, probably in this draft and a quarterback of the future. And one of those first rounders being quarterback of the future. So I think that's the one team where if someone's going to move up to three, I'd be very intrigued because they're going to be too good to ever get back in the quarterback market.
1: Yeah, that's, I haven't seen that talked about anywhere else. That's a really interesting idea that you just kicked out there. You're right. Like they, that's that's that is how you use house money. Like instead of, The way that is usually talked about, which is you take one of those first round picks and you basically treat it as like a free gamble at somebody that shouldn't be in the first round or whatever. Like, this Mm -hmm. is how you actually use it. You say, We are never going to be this high again if things go well. So let's get, you know, a few picks higher and actually get a player that we shouldn't have any realistic shot of drafting because we're not supposed to be in this pick. That would be pretty awesome.
0: And it would make a lot of sense for Arizona, too. If they're willing to draft Jalen Carter, because then you've locked yourself into still Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson, right? You know you're still getting one of those two. So yeah. cool,
1: one of the. Uh, I think quote, it could unquote, make sense about blue chips. Like they, that would be a yeah, that would be a dream scenario yeah. for pretty much everybody. Um, Seahawks, yeah, I think edge rusher absolutely, pretty much anywhere on that defense, with the exception of safety, where they have you know twelve guys would could could stand an upgrade. Definitely, um, they're always. In need of offensive linemen as well. Like the, the offensive tackles, I think, are probably set given how those rookies performed last year. But anybody on the interior could could use an upgrade, could stand to have. And then they the other thing they need is that slot guy, whether it's a tight end, whether yeah. it's a true slot receiver, somebody that works the middle of the field, because at the moment
0: nobody really does. Yeah, 37, pick 37, Josh Downs. Ooh. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That's
1: where all Just those guys dial it in right now. That's where all those guys should be living to me that those sort of smaller slot guys the, the top of the second round mm-hmm. those would all be phenomenal picks for seattle all right that's the nfc all 30 or all 16 teams in the nfc done all 32 teams over the last two days done thank you very much michael we will uh be back on monday myself and steve um thanks for watching and we'll talk to you later